You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> April Fool's. It's not in Chinese. Yeah. The whole show isn't in Chinese. Chinese. That would have been really difficult. Even yeah. for me. I couldn't even find the Chinese word or the Mandarin Chinese word for podcast. Oh. They just say, they just call it podcast Just a podcast. lone word. Mm. Yep. Oh, okay. So I was like, I don't even know how you translate that. Anyways, but here's the real intro. Here we go. Welcome, spiffy, speculative, springy, sprightly speedsters. You are listening to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 104. And of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your doggone, dog trotting, dog tired, doggy dogs. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. Well, sure, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Now you know something. Yeah. Was, now I yeah. know something. Your original intro, what? What did you say? <laughs> welcome, uh, welcome, everybody. You're listening to Good Job Brain, which is Jayo Naldegua. Tuesday's trivia quiz show audio program. Because <laughs> okay. there's no podcast. <laughs> Not <laughs> quite a snappy. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Sure. Uh, I'm your host. And then to my right is okay. Colin and blah, blah, blah. Wow. All right. I want to share a headline with you guys. And a lot of you guys probably saw this. It was a big headline. It was on CNN, I believe. 14-year-old figure out a way to save government a lot of money. Mm. We, did you guys see yeah, that? Yeah. I did. Pittsburgh teenager, 14-year-old, Suvir Merchandani. Uh, he's trying to think of ways to cut waste and save money at his middle school. And it kind of became a science fair project. And he realized that if simply uh, the government changed their font, they would save a lot of money uh, because ink is expensive. He said ink is two times more expensive than French perfume by volume, right? <laughs> Chanel number no. five, the perfume costs $38 per ounce, mm. whereas an HP printer ink, you know, of the same amount can cost up to $75. Right. But I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to dab it underneath my earlobes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so he proposed that, oh, if the government changed a font that uses less ink, then that would save them money. Correct? That sounds good. It's what a, a, yeah. What it, a remarkable yeah. idea. I definitely saw that story repeated all over the place. It was it was on Facebook. People were emailing it. I think it made all the major news broadcasts. And not to be a downer, but I'm going to be a downer. All right. Um, Here we go. This is a new segment called Colin's Takedown. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I was uh, browsing one of what my... What grinds your uh, gears? <laughs> I was browsing one of my typography and font websites. Uh, one, one, yeah. of one, one of them. One of, yeah. And uh, somebody on there you know, was making the point like, you know, I'm really happy people are thinking about typography and fonts, but th- this is just one of those examples of a story where it's so oversimplified that it was kind of like, um, actually... There were a lot of sort of oversimplified or erroneous parts of this story. And so like... The the one thing that the font site pointed out is, yeah, if you had switched to Garamond, in fact, was the font that the kid had suggested, it, it does use less ink because the letters are smaller. I mean, you, you could make the same change by just making all of your types smaller. You know, it's it's not the change to a new font. It's that that font actually has smaller letters at the same yeah. point size. So like if you Arial or Comic Sans at 12 point and you compare it to Garamond at 12 point, 
Garamond looks like a smaller font. That's right. It looks like you scaled it down. That's right. That's right. So that's part of it. And then they got into some more technical areas. And I'll just summarize very quickly. But what? (laughs) (laughs) Break it down for the lay people, Colin. Well, so they pointed out that a lot of the government printing, the major printing offices, they don't use HP inkjets in the office. They do offset printing on machines that use radically different kinds of inks than Uh, the kind of ink that you would use, or even laser toner or ink. Jet ink so he's is, calculating HP ink volumes if you go to Staples and buy HP ink, but that's not what they're actually... Right, right, ah. right. And then, finally, the last point that the, the real, author The last made. nail in the <laughs> spike in the coffin of... Was yeah. that... Oh, the knife yeah. twisting. <laughs> yeah. uh, was, that, was that most government offices, like many large uh, private companies, they have printing contracts with printer companies. They're not paying for the ink. They're not paying for the toner. If anything, they're paying on the number of pages printed. Oh. So if you you know if you print a thousand pages, that's your cost. It doesn't matter what's on those pages. It's gonna be full generally, black with ink right? Right. Generally, the toner word. or the ink is part of the service contract. So you know it is sort of one of those like feel good stories because it involves yeah. kids, yeah. it involves government <laughs> waste potentially, right. yeah. but it, it it was a little oversimplified. He was looking at his school though, and I wonder if they use HP. Well, so, so a lot of the yeah. experts say that this is a. He did come up with a remarkable idea, probably not for the scale of the government, but great for households. Sure. You know, if you're at home and you're like, oh, okay, well, right. I'll change my, I'll change my default Arial or Calibri yeah. to Garamond. Your, your weekly household scheduling <laughs> printout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, what do I even print Nobody out? prints anything anymore. Boarding pass. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. There yeah you you could just show it. it on your phone, though, now. That's yep. true. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Yeah, it is a feel good story. You want it to be right, and then the next thing you know, you're being a jerk to a 14 year old on a podcast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think even among <laughs> nerds, uh, font nerds are looked at in their own little area. Yeah. It's so specific, Colin. It is very specific. And we have very exciting news. We actually get a lot of mail asking us how they can help support us, you know, because we had Kickstarter before and, and that's over. So a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I knew about this. So I would have kickstarted and added some money. And so now we've debuted something called Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon is a service where you can donate money as low as $1 a month for Good Job Brain. Yeah, especially after, you know, our fan meetup in uh, Vegas, which was fantastic. Like we mm-hmm. just sort of have this wish list of stuff that we want to do now. Like, we want to do more meetups and maybe live events or pub trivia contests and things like Scavenger that. Scavenger hunts. Right, right. Video like, series. Yeah, yeah video stuff. Yeah. Right, uh, and depending on, you know, if we can get some money in our budget, we will we will definitely, you know, try to do some of that stuff. So that's kind of what we're going for here. And you can check that out at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Good job, Brain. And, and check it out. Yeah, a dollar a month. And we might come to your city. Oh. oh. That sounds like a threat. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice little city you got there. It's a shame if Good Job Brain was yeah. to come to it. Yeah. All right, time for our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hotshot. I have a random trivia pursuit card here. You guys have your barnyard buzzers. All right, here we go. Blue Wedge for Geography. The Pope is guarded by soldiers from what country? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris. Switzerland. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. The Swiss Guard. The Swiss yeah. Guard. The Swiss read, Guard. Some, read some Angels and Demons. Oh. Yeah. Up on your Dan Brown. Yeah. Dan yeah. Brown. Yeah. Switzerland, the Swiss Guard, has served the Pope since 1506. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Pink Wedge for pop culture. 
Well, it's kind of a spoiler. All right, right, do it. um, As long as it's not for Game of Thrones season four, I'm fine with that. In the 1973 sci-fi movie of the same name, what are Soylent Green wafers made of? Everybody. People! People. Soylent Green is people. Charlton Heston's character discovers that overpopulation has led to corporate-sponsored cannibalism. Spoiler alert for a 40-year-old movie. Yeah. (laughs) 41. 41. 41. Wow. All right. Yellow Edge, who was the first elected leader of post-Soviet Russia? Um, Colin. uh, Was that Yeltsin? What's his first name? Oh, uh, Boris. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Purple Wedge. According to the nursery rhyme, how many blackbirds were baked in a pie? A uh, Chris. Twenty-four. Yeah, four and twenty blackbirds. Yeah, I'm Absolutely. just, I'm just, I'm switching it up on because it. <laughs> well, it's, it's twenty-four. It technically says four. Four and, and twenty. 20. Green Wedge for science. What is the common term for the force that pulls water away from the lettuce in your salad spinner? <laughs> oh, darn it. Uh, Dana. I didn't even buzz oh, in. Oh, but, but, but I do know what it is. Is this tripodal force? Incorrect. No. Uh, Colin. Centrifugal force. Oh, I always thought centrifugal. Well, oh. centrifugal, Oops. but yeah. Okay, last question, Orange Wedge. The clarified butter used in Indian cuisine is called what? Dana. Ghee. Ghee. Yes. Ghee. It's a good Scrabble word. How do you spell oh, G-H-E-E? G-H-E-E. G-H-E-E. All right, good job, brains. And, of course, we have uh, our Lobe Trotter segment. Lobe Trotters are our fan club members who bought a fan club pack last year. And this one is from Leland Red from Salt Lake City. And he says, Dear GJB, my wife and I went to Iceland, and now I am obsessed with all things Iceland. Did you know that the first printed reference to a geyser was the Icelandic geyser named Geyser? <laughs> no, <laughs> really? Oh, uh, really? That's the etymology oh. of geyser is Icelandic or geysa or gisa. That's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Meaning to gush. <laughs> so it's a gusher. I like that. And thank you, Leland, for this fun fact. Uh, so this week, in honor of April Fools, uh, we're going to talk about pranks, jokes, Hoaxes. Fooled ya. Fooled ya. So when I was a kid, uh, I was really into, like, novelties and magic tricks. I love and, novelties. Yes. Oh, God. I and, love going to Spencer's Gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that kind of right, stuff. Right. The, the, yeah. What did you just have? The little practical jokes. Yeah, I don't I don't know why I thought I was such a joker. Like, But I would <laughs> I would buy stuff out of ads uh, that I would see in the back of, like, comic oh, yeah. books or magazines. Yeah. Wait, really? You I, had, oh, I would. I had the I really gum with would. the spring on it. Though it gum with the it. spring It was really my dad's. It was really my dad's joke. The gum that, like, slaps your finger. Classic. Gum that turns your mouth black. Or, uh-huh. yeah. I bought a lot of these things from ads I would see for the Johnson Smith catalog, uh, which they're still around. You may know that name. They're kind of the name in novelties and party tricks <laughs> and just dumb little pranks, yeah. uh, especially uh, going back a ways. I had what I consider kind of the big three of the classic novelty pranks, okay. Um, okay. which are, <laughs> you guys could probably guess them if I gave you enough time. Whoopie Cushion. Whoopie Cushion. Yep. Joy Buzzer. Joy Buzzer. Yep. 
Squirting uh, flower? Exploding cigar. Dribble glass. Oh, you guys are all... Re- it's, uh, it's why an ice cube? Can of snakes. <laughs> Third testicle. Oh, okay. oh, can of snakes. Can of snakes. Yeah. Peanut brittle. Yes. It was often a can of, uh, quote, fancy salted nuts. Uh, the one I had, though, was peanut brittle. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why that, that became... Well, because it's more, it's more delicious. Yeah. yeah. It's actual candy. Can so you, you guys probably know the Whoopi Cushion and the Joy Buzzer. If you've never seen the can of snakes, it's a fake... Or it's a real can, but you it's open real, up the yeah. lid and there's a fake spring snake that pops mm-hmm. out and supposed to scare whoever's opening the can. I, I should have known, like, as a kid that I wasn't going to fool a lot of people when, like, <laughs> yeah. these things would come in the mail and my dad's like, oh, I had that one as a kid. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. It's, oh, oh, man. I mean, as a child, it must have been so transparent. Like, whenever a child is like, hey, do you want some peanut brittle? Like, out yeah. of nowhere, like a child who's never gone to an adult ever and said, oh, do you want some of that? And he's, like, laughing oh, and you... turning red while right, he offers right, 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 right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> what, what age year old has a can of peanut brittle you know and like (laughs) they're just going around and they really want you to eat it they don't want to show it to you (laughs) totally no you should have some yeah you should have some and like again like what eight-year-old kid is like just constantly wants to shake hands you know like like friends friends my parents would come over like oh can i shake your hand it's like what why what a nice ring you're wearing (laughs) hey hey do you do you want to sit on the couch oh no i think you should sit on that cushion that's like four inches taller than the rest of the cushions. Oh, for no reason. Just sit on that cushion. Yeah. Nothing happens either. You sit on it. You have to sit really hard on the whoopee cushion yeah, and yeah. make it work. Anyway. So uh, I want to share with you guys the rich history behind these three particular items. Okay. And how they they can be traced back to the legacies of two men, largely. S.S. Adams and oh, yeah. Alfred Johnson Smith ah. of the aforementioned Johnson Smith catalog. Oh, I always saw S.S. Adams on all of the Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. I so I was I was more of a Johnson Smith kid. You were more oh, okay. of an S.S. Adams kid. Yep. Oh, yeah. so they're right. They're two they were rivals. Companies. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. Two separate uh, companies, okay. and they forged just the American industry of cheap, <laughs> crappy, <laughs> practical gags. And they are both examples of the American dream. Both immigrants came to the land of opportunity with dreams of making their fortunes, selling <laughs> fart noisemakers and and bad. Ranks. So let, let's begin with Soren Sorensen Adams, SS Adams. Oh, uh, I bet he's Danish. He was from Denmark. Yeah, yes, Soren. indeed. His uh, his family came here in the late 1800s, and uh, as a, a young man in the early 1900s, he was a salesman for a dye company, and he noticed that one of the products they sold had a tendency to make people sneeze. Wait, Whoa. dye like clothes dye or yeah, dyes? Mm-hmm, dyes okay. like oh. D Y E. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Like any good practical joker, uh, he immediately saw the opportunity. Here of selling something that makes people sneeze. Yeah. Sounds kind of dangerous. Yeah. Well, you know, this was, had no this was the 1900s. It was, yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's carcinogenic, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that was going to kill you it in was, the 1900s yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he founded the Kachu Sneezing Powder Company. <laughs> Single Wait, serving the yes. whole company just dedicated to selling kachu sneezing powder. Oh, I mean, man. and it, wow. it was a fad. It swept the nation. Good marketing. Oh. He, he and it was he made enough money and was successful <laughs> enough at it that he realized I can make my living selling novelties and gags and little things <laughs> like sneezing powder. Oh, and uh-huh. expanding. So he renamed the kachu sneezing powder company to SS Adams, uh, and the rest was history. And and bless him, SS Adams dedicated his life to novelties and pranks. He invented hundreds. <gasps> Of, oh. of these little devices that so t- he invented them. He invented many and many oh, of them. Okay. In 1915, SS Adams devised the 
Snake Nut Can. He invented it himself, oh, came up wow. with the idea. To this day, it's one of their best sellers. <laughs> the story goes, uh, you know, who knows how true this is. The, the story goes that his <laughs> wife had been complaining at home about a particular jar of jam that was really tough to open. She's like, oh, I can't get this jar open. So he's like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. So he, he himself made a fake snake, which is basically just a, a coil spring wrapped in fabric, stuffed it in the jam jar, and then just like kind of waited for her to open it so he could laugh at her. What? Yeah, I'm sure he was uh, an absolute joke. I bet you slept on the couch that night. Oh my god. Uh, In 1928, uh, Adams invented the design for what we now know as the Joy Buzzer. He Mm. came up with it himself. It was sort of an improvement on earlier ideas, but the classic design of the little round disc with the button in the middle, he came up with it. He took it to a machinist, had him make it. Uh, It was patented in 1932. Huge, huge, huge hit. And it wasn't, Mm. I mean, in in the packaging, it's always, they always have little lightning bolts and it's like, you think it's it's electric Right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. You're right, and There's in fact, no but no, but you, when you're not expecting it, and you feel vibration and hear the sound, yeah, you're, yeah you get you, you get, ah, and you pull your hand away. Yep. You don't know what it is. Chris has it absolutely right. It was supposed to like simulate a sense of shock, but you're right. Like you'll see it in cartoons or comics. Yeah. They'll depict it as if it's electrified, but yeah. it, it, it's not really electrified. He came up with the original fly in the ice cube you that know? we yeah. that we were talking about. He came up with uh, dribble glasses. What uh, are dribble glasses? They have kind of a hole at the part where you drink. So you're drinking and then it's just spilling out of the cup like below the... Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he got invited to a lot of parties in his day. Probably did. Like, this guy really had an inherent gift. He you did. Know? Like, he did. He really was... He had his finger on the pulse of what pranksters wanted. Mm-hmm. On and on and on. Just dozens and dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of hits, many of which he invented himself. Uh, in <laughs> fact, one of his only misses seems to have been turning down a proposal from the JEM Rubber Company of Canada... Uh, in the late 1920s, some employees there, they were playing around with uh, scrap sheets of rubber and kind of sealing them together. And they noticed, hey, you can fill this up with air and it makes a farting sound. So this He's was... Like, that's crass. Yeah. No. This, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, that's what happened. That they, said it was crass. They took oh, their idea for the inflatable farting sound cushion. They took it to Adams uh, and said, hey, we want you to sell this. This seems right up your alley. And he wouldn't sell it. He said he thought it was vulgar. <gasps> And he didn't think there was going to be a market that for guy. it. Wow. But that guy invented something when you open it, it hits you in the face. Yeah, but that's with not a vulgar. Metal, but right. that's with not a vulgar. metal violent. Yeah. yeah, it might poke your eye out, but yeah. it's not vulgar. Right. So the JEM Rubber Company, they took their idea to the other major name in novelties and pranks. The Johnson, Johnson Smith, Smith Company. They're not um, afraid of plastic poop. They were not there. afraid to go. No. In fact, that's <laughs> true. Among their biggest sellers were fake vomit. The fake, lower And I'll tell you, yeah. fake vomit... Fake vomit is the long game. (laughs) Kids... The fake vomit is not about leaving on the floor and somebody sees the fake because they're going to be able to tell it's fake vomit. It's about it's about six months later when there's real vomit on the floor, and then your mom is like, "Oh, it's that fake vomit again," and she just jams her hand right inside it to get it off. It's like the joke that pays off twice, basically. So yeah, Alfred Johnson Smith, uh, he was Australian, and the roots of the company went back to Australia, but it really took off after he moved to the U.S. and started his business in the early 1900s. 
1800s. And he was maybe a little more lowbrow, I guess. Uh, he sold a lot of rubber chickens. Uh, and as I said, like fake vomit, fake poo mm-hmm. over the years. <laughs> Same sort of type of things. Uh, and when the JM Rubber Company came to him and said, Sir, we want you to sell our fart noisemaker, he said, Yes, I will sell your fart noisemaker. <laughs> yeah, sure. This they, is what I've been looking for yeah, for years. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant. bolt from on high. Yeah. <laughs> and they called it the Whoopee Cushion. Went on to become an enormous hit. Helped Johnson Smith become a household name. Yeah. And, they ha- and that, that, that iconic picture... That's on every whoopee cushion of the woman sitting on the whoopee cushion. It's it's never it's never changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think it, it probably little, dates to 1930. Little, little speech bubbles that say "poo poo." Yeah, yeah. Coming out of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And you buy it today. It's essentially the same device. Yeah. Why Just change those, it? Why change yeah. it? In recent years, they've started putting a uh, foam inside so that uh, yes. it, it refills itself a little bit more easily. It's the self- uh, no, well, it refills itself. Yeah, well, that's yeah, true. Like, you're right. It, it's the self-refilling whoopee cushion because the foam pushes up and expands and it sucks air back in. So you don't have to like so blow in and you don't have it. to. You don't have to put your mouth where somebody's butt once <laughs> once. <laughs> right, or or your brother's or sister's mouth ten times before. It seems that. like a fair price though yeah. for that. Oh yeah, I'll pay yeah. the upcharge for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep moving the technology forward. Sure. It's state of the art. State you of really the art. Do. Yeah. So now, of course, after seeing the wild success of the Johnson Smith whoopee cushion, SS Adams realized, okay, you know what? This thing is going to sell. We need our own version. So they introduced the raspberry cushion. It, it functions exactly the same way that a whoopee cushion functions. But it just functions, never caught but, on. But, it, well, they didn't, certainly the name didn't catch on. Whoopee cushion was, was first to market and they owned it. Tell me yep. there was a, a lawsuit. <laughs> I don't think there was a lawsuit. Oh. This is kind of just back in the early days of, ah, yeah. eh, you're going to rip me off. I'm going to rip you off. We'll see <laughs> who does better. Oh. Okay. Today, both S.S. Adams and Johnson Smith are still around. Wow. Uh, they sell a lot of stuff online. Still going strong. You can still buy the snake nut can, still buy the joy buzzer. And I just, I love that they've been around for decades and decades and decades. So you said the S.S. Adams company also released a whoopee cushion. was called? The raspberry cushion. Do you guys know why a raspberry cushion is called a raspberry cushion? I mean, I know that like the... That's sound is called a raspberry. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But I don't know where that allusion is to. Correct. So when, you know, you do something and you make a farting noise or you're like, nee, 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 and you put your tongue between your lips and you exhale, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to spit on <laughs> Yeah. It's called a raspberry. Why is that action called a raspberry? All right. Here's a theory. All right. I found. Oh, it. Uh, is there no, uh, no definitive? Uh, you know, they have, they have recorded first use. In 1890. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. And uh, the the popular theory is that this was part of Cockney rhyming slang. Okay. So okay. Cockney rhyming slang, uh, a little bit hard to, I, I don't know how to really explain it that well. Uh, Cockney being a part of English, they would say the word they intended to, but they would make a rhyme. Right. So for example, you want to say, I'm going up the stairs. And they would make up, well, stairs sounds like pears, Mm -hmm. and a popular phrase would be apple and pears. Right, right. So then you would just say apple. Right. So it's it's, it's like three steps removed. Right, right, right. Another example would be a lot of people refer to their wives as trouble, not because they are trouble, because it rhymes with trouble Trouble and and strife, strife, which rhymes with wife. Wife. But he watched uh, Ocean's Eleven, wherein Barney. Ah, Barney Barney Rubble. Barney Rubble, trouble. trouble. So right, that's kind of what right. uh, Cockney yep. rang. It's like yep. two steps removed. Or it can it just be. Sometimes slang. it's just the, yeah. Yep. So 
raspberry. Why is raspberry related to the noise? Okay, all right. Uh, what? And, oh. And, what? You think you got it? Raspberry tart. Yes! Uh, Raspberry tart uh rhymes with fart. Fart. So Uh, when you say, I farted, or, you know, I let out a fart, I let out a raspberry. Raspberry. Oh, that's great. Wow. Mm -hmm. Theory of why we call raspberry raspberry. That's a cool coded language. It is. It is. Yeah, Yeah, we should do a a future section on Cockney rhyming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like, also diner lingo. Yeah, yep, yep. Purple cow. I don't know what that is. Purple cow is a (laughs) grape soda with ice cream. Yeah. Sure. I bet it is, but I yeah. literally you say never it like heard that. It's like, She's like, you know, grape soda with ice cream. That I was like, why would you thing do you that? always go to a restaurant. <laughs> or like a lemma pig, which is, you know, pork and Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> sprite with bacon. bacon sprite with bacon. Give me a lemon pig, girl. <laughs> One sprite with bacon. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to raspberry. So uh, I have some some facts about fart humor. Okay. Uh, Speaking of whoopee cushions (laughs) and and, and raspberry tarts. I don't know if you came across this, but there is a a belief that even back in the Roman days, they actually had some sort of prototype for whoopee cushions. We don't know what it was, but Uh some... But even back I mean, then, they, it, it was, was just, fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they, it was just a servant this. that sat underneath your chair. <laughs> it made a sound. Yeah. Somebody sat down. <laughs> yeah. Like, ew. It was a, it's a hard job. Yeah, I imagine it was maybe like a, an animal bladder or something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, I sure, did yeah. about that. A servant. Yep. Or someone who just sat next to you and made a fart noise. <laughs> yeah. Know. Hey, you know, the, the ancient Romans, they, they knew good humor with yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fart humor. So, in honor of farts, mm-hmm. I'm sure when you guys were kids, you had a lot of comebacks when someone farted. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here I have a quiz. Uh, <laughs> okay. American culture, I'm sure other cultures too. There's kind of a, a joke format where if someone farted, and you're like, "Who farted?" and someone will be like, "He who smelt it dealt it." Right. And it's that that kind of a right. format where yeah. yes. he who blank. Okay. And then rhymes with blank. Right. Okay. Yes. He who so, denied it supplied it. Yeah, that was yes. the, that was the follow up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So I have a whole list of here. <laughs> oh, you guys right. don't need to buzz in. Just complete okay. the sentence. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. And I'm sorry that I'm saying he who. Yeah. We're just gonna go with right. he who. Right. That okay. doesn't mean all the girls can fart too. Girls basically can fart is what too. we're trying they to say. They can, but they yeah. don't. Yeah. yeah. It smells I was like roses. Say. Yeah. <laughs> we call them powder puffs. All right. Here we go. He who declared it. Oh, he aired, aired it? it. Yeah, aired it. Not bad. There's another one too. He who declared <laughs> it, uh, blared it. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh. Aired it and blared it. Acceptable <laughs> okay. answer. It, blared it. Okay. He who observed it deserved it. Deserved it. it? Yeah. He who observed it, it. Oh, served it. Served, served it. it. Oh, okay. okay. It's all. It's it's the act of act know. of okay emitting. Okay. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he who detected it. Ejected it. Yes. Nice. <laughs> he who's poking fun is the smoking gun. Yes. Oh. Nice. Oh. <laughs> he who refuted it. Pooted it. Tooted it. Distributed it. Distributed it. Pooted it. I'll say tooted it. Tooted it. Tooted it. But I, you know, I think extruded it. Extruded it. He refuted it. Extruded it. Not bad. That's like diarrhea. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Or just regular. He who deduced it. Produced it. 
pretty. I had no idea there was such a rich, rich set of sayings. It's quite rich. Yeah. Yeah. Words by, man. And fart humor. All right. Uh, He who spoke it. Mm. Broke it. Yep. Oh, broke oh it. yeah. Broke, broke it. As in, yes. Mm. <laughs> he who explained it sustained it. <laughs> Not bad. Yes, that works. Um, claim, claimed it. He who, sus- no. he who what? He who he explained. Who, he who aimed. explained it. Aimed it. Um. Ordained it. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's quite a big word. That's what you say. Yeah. That's what you say when the Pope farts. <laughs> yeah. When the Swiss guard are like, hey, man, do you smell that? I was like, he who ordained it. (laughs) He who thunk it. Stunk Stunk it. it. Stunk it. He who resented it. Presented presented it. it. (laughs) This goes on. Uh, Two more, two more. He who accused it. Diffused. Diffused Diffused. it. And my favorite one. He who articulated it, articulated it, articulated it, articulated it. Articulated <laughs> it. it has a little science angle. <laughs> uh, oh, that one I remember from Futurama. He who articulated it, particularly. It was young, young little Huber. <laughs> he who articulated it, particulated it. That's a that's a very uh, Futurama joke. That's so cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <sighs> there you go. And let's take a quick ad break. A word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Welcome back. You're listening to Good Job Brain, and this week we're talking about pranks, fooling, jokes, and fart noises. <laughs> well, actually, we talked about fart noises. We don't have any more fart noises. Well, there might be. There might we, be. We, we, we don't know. know yeah. yet. I started um, doing some research on April Fool's Day, and it took me down a really weird rabbit hole that I want to share with you guys okay. first. It's a little bit of a digression, but it's... I actually it's, have no idea why, it is, like, how April Fool's came to be. So it is, it is, it is relevant to this discussion. Now, we, some, we get things wrong on this show sometimes, but I'm pretty sure I'm correct about this next fact that, that I'm going to say right now. Okay. There, there were no trivia podcasts in 1708. Not a yeah. one. Yeah! Um, Not a one. actually... <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, there was a publication uh, in Britain called The British Apollo, or Curious Amusements for the Ingenious, which sounded, yeah, it sounded like a nice, yeah, we can yeah. maybe borrow their tagline, because they've yeah. been out of print for the last few centuries. <laughs> um, and so basically, uh, one of the things that they would do in this uh, in this publication, The British Apollo, people would be able to write in questions to them, to the editors, and they would answer your questions. Like, you know, if you're wondering about things about the world, and like, they'll tell you. And so, question that was asked is, 
whence proceeds the custom of making April Fools. Ah. So back well, in was this, this was a 1708 issue okay. of this publication. So that already so exists. April Fools. It was it already existed, and there were already people asking. Like it was it was so long before that that there were already people going. Why do we do this? <laughs> what is the deal? You know, 1708, what is the deal with, you know, (laughs) making all these jokes on April 1? As it turns out, even now, the custom is so old that you will not find a good answer. What you will hear a lot from people is this idea that in France, they had the calendar and their calendar started on April 1st. And then when they decreed that the year was going to start on January 1st, like that would be the beginning of a year. Everybody, the people who still honored April. Exactly. The people who were like on the old calendar were the April Fools. That was the story I always heard as a kid. Yeah. That's so mean. Like, what's the point of making fun of it? People were mean back then. There's lots of things (laughs) casting doubt on that because the, the switchover and, well, first of all, the, of the switchovers and calendars were it was not so abrupt you know it, it took like a century for people to totally switch over to the calendar so it yeah that's probably not it however so the museum of hoaxes which has a extensive body of research on april fool's day talks about the flemish writer edouard de denay or edouard de dane he apparently um published a poem in 1561 about a guy who sends one of his servants out on a bunch of wild goose chases and the servant finally realizes like oh whoops it's it's april 1st he's fooling me mm. so 1561 mm. that is the first Already written reference it. and it is totally like april 1st you you play practical jokes on people. On your service. So to make them do extra class. work. Yep. So this yeah. is old, old, old. A lot of people uh, point out that there is the Roman festival of Hilaria, which had taken place around the spring equinox. Mm-hmm. And and you actually see kind of all around the world where there's where winter turns to spring, you see festivals of renewal. Like, right. we're not dead! Right. You know, right. Let's party! One of the things um, that they point out about the Roman festival is that, like, only on this day, it was everybody allowed to just go out and just like play games and play tricks on people or mm. dress mm. up like someone above your station. You know what I mean? Like oh, that yeah. sort of this thing. Sounds like a like sus- suspension of like some of the social niceties and That's, the rules. Yeah, yeah, and and people would refer to it as like temporarily suspending the social order by way of pointing out that there is a social order. Right. You know, the exception <laughs> proving the rule, like this is the day where you get to go out and do everything in the other 364 days of the year. <laughs> you know, you keep know, your mouth shut. Know your place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, there's a thought that, like, that's that's too close to April 1st. There must be a connection, you know, of all that stuff. But what I remember from high school is taking French class and learning about April Fool's in France, Italy, Belgium. They say um, poisson d'avril or April fish. Mm. And they yeah. cut out a fish, a paper fish, and they try to you try to slap it onto your friend's back. You've been poisson. <laughs> yep, you just got poisson. <laughs> Having basically run into that wall at my Where Did April Fools uh, Come From research, uh, I have brought to you now some of the funniest, or I think that they're the funniest, some of the best big-time April Fools mm. pranks that have ever mm. been pulled. Okay. Um, and this was Museum of Hoaxes lists this as number one. I totally agree. In 1957, the venerated British television news show, still in the days of black and white TV and, you know, the UK, the news show called Panorama 
total, total down the middle, straightforward news show. You know, the anchor mm-hmm. was incredibly famous in Britain and everybody totally trusted this guy. They did a, they did a report on April 1st about Swedish spaghetti farmers mm-hmm. <laughs> and how basically they have all this footage of like Swedish people in traditional dress, like, pulling spaghetti off of spaghetti trees <laughs> and just talking about how like this year had a bumper harvest because <laughs> the spaghetti weevil uh, has not been seen in as great numbers. <laughs> and it just, it, so there's nothing like fresh homegrown spaghetti, say the Swedes. <laughs> now, and it's just the, the best part is just like, of course, this is more of a family run operation. All of you will, of course, remember seeing footage of the vast spaghetti plantations in Italy. <laughs> Now, the thing is, at this point, people in the UK ate spaghetti. It was a, a exotic foreign food. There were fights between husbands and wives over the wife saying that it was made with flour and water and the husband saying, no, it grows, it grows on, trees. on trees. I saw it on TV. <laughs> it wouldn't lie to me. And just tons of people fell for it. Wait, why Sweden, yeah. though? It's I far away as well. Yeah, right, oh, right. Okay. It's yeah. far enough away you can't go fact check it by <laughs> yeah, looking, out, right. out, looking outside. Yep. Uh, some of the other better ones. Uh, in, in, this is actually... Wait, people these, really believe this. People yeah. believed it, yeah. I mean, it was on TV? I mean, eventually they had to pull back and just were like, okay, we were, we were joking. But yeah. like, you know... People would ask, where can I get a spaghetti tree? I want to grow spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, just get a can of tomato sauce. <laughs> put, a, put a spaghetti <laughs> stick in there so and hope, hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, in 1996, Taco Bell took out a full-page newspaper ad in six major papers saying that they had purchased the Liberty Bell and were, oh, renamed, and were yeah. renaming it the Taco Liberty yeah. Bell yeah. People effort, got so upset. in an effort to help pay down the national debt. <laughs> we have purchased the Liberty Bell and we're renaming it the Taco Liberty Bell. Yeah. And people were so angry. <laughs> How dare you? Well, because they do it to stadiums. Some, and, right, yeah. right, right, right. Oh, yeah. yep. It is completely believable. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it is believable that a corporation like Taco Bell mm-hmm. would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're almost <laughs> yeah. poking fun at themselves in the golden age of sponsorships and name sponsorships. Nothing is sacred yeah. anymore. Yeah. Is sacred. Yep. Yep. In 1998, Burger King took out a full page ad in USA Today to announce the left handed Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> Like. Well, they said it was like a Whopper. That was a Whopper with it said it's a Whopper with all the condiments rotated 180 degrees. <laughs> That's good. And and they got a lot of responses. They people coming in asking for you know the left-handed Whoppers. They were left-handed. Were you guys big pranksters growing up? Because I was. I tried to be. No one ever oh my opened God. my can my can of snakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that's great, Colin. Like senior pranks. Oh. Did you guys do any of that stuff? Mm, I don't. Think what? so? No. Oh. I'm trying to think of any of Let me tell you guys, You're like, I needed lots of attention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you guys. Some of <laughs> One of my favorite tricks uh-huh. is uh, did this to my roommates oh, in college. Oh. You <laughs> unscrew you unscrew the head of a shower, uh-huh. and then you take crushed up candies like lifesavers or uh, jolly yeah. ranchers. Um, the best is the clear ones. Ah. Like if you find clear hard candy, oh, okay. Crush it up and you put it back on okay. the shower head. Okay. And then you wait for someone to take a shower. The hot water will go through the shower head, melt the candy. <laughs> yeah. And they're taking a shower and they all, they become sticky. It's like hot sugar, sugar, sugar water. Yeah. Wow. So I have a question for you guys. Have you ever heard of, um, Amazon's Mechanical Turk? Yeah. You've heard of that, that service yeah. where you can basically pay people a really small amount of money to do kind of tedious thing for you. Like you want to look through pictures for something and you're like, Hey, 
I'll pay somebody two cents for an hour's worth of work. Wait, is this real? Are you yeah. guys yeah. pulling yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. Okay, okay. It's, it's like, it's totally like outsourcing work that you need to, to yeah. the internet, right. to the, I to need the world. You to transcribe yeah. this. And it's Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And so when I first heard of it, I was like, mechanical Turk. <laughs> like, people from Turkey? Like, why? Uh, That's weird. Like, uh, what? T U R K. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is that. Seems a little racist. Yeah. Offensive. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's based on a hoax. That happened right. where there was a mechanical Turk. It was this um, robot that looked like a roughly like a Turkish person as seen through the eyes of a an European person in the 1770 right. yes, yes. Um, wearing a turban. And he was a chess master robot. He'd sit at this big cabinet with a chess table on top and people could challenge the robot to chess matches and it would beat them. And it could also do like really elaborate chess tricks on the chessboard um, that only experts would know how to do. Who made it? There was an inventor who debuted it in 1770 for the Empress of Austria. People were not baffled how it was made. They were like, it's a robot that plays chess. It's mm. this ingenious Marvel invention. of the modern age. Marvel. And it was a hoax. <laughs> yeah. It did turn out yeah. to be a hoax. But it took like over 80 years before Whoa. the secret came out. It mm. toured all around Europe and the Americas. People like Napoleon Bonaparte and Benjamin Franklin played against it and lost. So here's the <laughs> here's the spoiler. Here's the secret of the mechanical Turk. Whoa. There would be a chess master inside of it playing. <laughs> oh, you've, you've got as, a little chess master in that box. <laughs> that's right. Probably more than six world-class chess masters. That would oh, you had go team, in there. You had a team of chess they, masters? You would take it on tour. And so it would be like, <laughs> just they did all sorts of variations. Depending on who the master was and how good they were, they would do different sets of the rules. Like, oh, they'll play with one fewer piece. That's how good they were, that they could beat you. <laughs> <laughs> <with one. laughs> so they beat most people. Maybe a few people beat, mm-hmm. the, beat the mechanical Turk. But even so, but it, it was just very impressive. It wasn't the fact that it was good at chess. It was the fact that it was actually a robot a that robot. could play chess yeah. at all. Yeah. Right. yeah. It was but still impressive. There was a little voice box inside of it mm. that would say, like, the robotic... Um, check, my check but But in French. Oh. <laughs> check, to say it. Yeah. check my butt in French. <laughs> I, I just thought it was amazing that they were able to pull this off for over 80 years. Yeah. People would interact with it and not, and also it's like, you guys, do you have anything else in your world that has this level of intelligence? (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. And if you tried to trick it and move a piece incorrectly, it would like move your piece back. It would dock you and then take a turn because it's a chess master. It's like, you know, whatever. But they were like, what? I tried to trick it. And they had like magnets all (laughs) around it. I'm playing against a person. (laughs) So that term is now a, a common phrase mechanical yeah. turk yeah. well depends Amazon on who you talk to right okay. right yeah. right, right yeah. Okay. techie people but it's it a, comes up it's a false automaton Have you, you can look up more false automatons yeah. there's yeah there've been other examples there were various people who wanted to buy it and <gasps> would offer like huge sums of money for of it emperors or kings would ask for it he told one of the emperors the secret <laughs> and then apparently the, the emperor was really sad after oh. <laughs> But they didn't tell anybody. Old-timey hoaxes are weird. I remember I read about this old-timey hoax where, like, a woman stuffed dead rabbits... Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And told the yes. world that she gave birth, gave birth to, to rabbits. rabbits. Yeah, a bunch of other kind of yeah. weird stuff. I don't know what the goal is. I mean, to be famous. I don't know. Uh, to, yeah. yeah, to be famous. 
They made a lot of money touring around with this thing. Yep. Yeah. But not the lady who gave birth to rabbits. Oh. She has to have a constant supply of She might have been a little unstable, I think. I think. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You might be right. Yeah. There's some people who need a lot of attention. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we got one last quiz segment. Colin, what you got? So celebrity death hoaxes. <laughs> are they're not new uh no. you know we've talked on the show before about like paul is dead you know mm-hmm. the theory that paul mccartney was secretly replaced by a double in the 1960s which was not true by the way mm-hmm. but those predate the internet i i think oh. you know these days facebook and twitter just have really brought new life to the speed with which a celebrity death hoax can just spread take over right everyone's heard about it so i put together a quiz for you guys about some very notable celebrity death hoaxes over the last few years so get your buzzers ready uh and when i'm done reading uh buzz on in in march of 2012 fake news reports attributed to cnn and fox news claimed this diva had been killed in either a plane crash or a car accident depending on which fake report you happen to see on facebook when 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 2012. Oh, I was going to say Gloria Estefan, but I was like, she I'll give was you a little hint. She was, uh, at the time, she was in the middle of promotional tours for her new album, Love Me Back to Life. What? This was Celine Dion. Huh. Yes. Uh, that one. And it turns out that these Facebook posts all went back to basically uh, some malicious, it was malicious software. Oh. Uh, and the, the, it was like harvesting users' info. And the idea was get you to click on the Facebook post and then it could ah. weasel its way in and ah. extract your information. Mm-hmm. Oh. In June of 2009, the fake news site Global Associated News reported that this Academy Award-winning actress had fallen to her death off a cliff in New Zealand. Oh. Zealand. I do kind of remember that. Anna Paquin? No, not Anna Paquin. This was in 2009. She won her Academy Award in 2010. This was Natalie Portman. And just the week prior, the same false news report had been put out about Jeff Goldblum, that he had fallen to Uh, his death off a cliff. In New Zealand. In New Zealand, Like I was like, somebody fell in New Zealand, but was it a woman? Yeah. I thought it was a man. Anyway. It was like it didn't take the first time with Jeff Goldblum, but we'll try it again. In May 2013, uh, according to false reports on Facebook, this rapper had been nearly stabbed to death in New York City. There was a hit movie based on this rapper's life. Dana. Is this 50 Cent? No, no. Oh. Chris. Is it M&M? It is M&M. Oh. What did yes. you say? M&M. M&M. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- these, these fake posts were even accompanied by these really gruesome pictures of someone oh. who had been stabbed. The photos were real. It was not M&M. He was not stabbed. He didn't die. His, his representative had to issue a report saying that he, quote, remains unstabbed. <laughs> <laughs> unstabbed. So far. 
I feel like this is a statement on our friends, you know, <laughs> yeah. on our, like social media friends. Because I, I, I don't see know, it on there. Yeah, mm. I, I, I well, haven't see, heard of any of. See, them. a lot of these though will make the jump off of Facebook or Twitter into to news. Like like real legitimate news sources will sometimes pick these stories up in the rush to have it first, and then they'll yeah. have to issue retractions later. Dangerous game. It man. is. Yeah. In June 2007, false reports circulated online that this celebrity had died after being shanked in a Los Angeles jail where she was serving 45 days oh. for a probation violation. Uh, Dana and Chris. Paris Martha Hilton. Stewart. <laughs> Paris Hilton. It was Paris oh, Hilton. Yeah. Yes, Paris, Paris Hilton. The reports. <laughs> and again, the reports got so much traction that a representative for the jail had to come out and say, no, Miss Hilton has not been shanked. She is fine. She's still in her. <laughs> her she's remains still in jail. unshanked. Last one. In April 2013, some misunderstood Twitter hashtags related to the death of Margaret Thatcher apparently led to rumors that this singer and actress had died. Oh. Yeah, it was like... The the hashtag was, now Thatcher's dead. Yeah. Chris. Now that Cher's dead. Yes. You're right. Uh, <laughs> People are like, oh, Cher died? Now that Cher's dead? <laughs> oh, that is unfortunate. That is really unfortunate. Wait, what was the hashtag again? Now Thatcher's dead. Mm. Which no. also reads, now, now that Cher's dead. dead. Yes. All of these people were not, in fact, dead. At the well, time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, right. Time. Yes. Take everything you see online with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. All right, and that is our show. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys, listeners, for listening. I hope you learned a lot of stuff about uh, novelty items. Farts. Farts. Mechanical Turks. Uh, and you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. all trivia nerds Brittany here and i host the family road trip trivia podcast with my best friend meredith is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest (laughs) we've got the cure three rounds of awesome trivia every week harry potter disney science sports you name it no more silent car troubles the family road trip trivia podcast connect laugh and learn with your kids big and small New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.